0: Hi, this is Mary Kay's Positivity Podcast. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher and life coach. I'm also author of several self-help books. Today, I have Linda Memesheimer, and she was diagnosed years ago with breast cancer and was really dumbfounded about the whole experience because she was a physical education teacher and everything in her life was always about health. So I have her here today because I think she has a remarkable story that can help a lot of us, and I wanted her to share the process and what she went through in her discovery. So thanks, Linda, for joining us.
1: Well, thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. I'm always happy to see if I can help others by sharing
0: what I've learned. Thanks. Well, tell us a little bit about your story and background so they can understand where you're coming from.
1: Well, I grew up in a small town in North Central Illinois and out on the prairie and was always an outdoorsy kid and a typical upraising for kids in the 60s and 70s. I was outside a lot. I had to put myself through college because it wasn't something my family did and managed to do all that. And then I was a teacher for several years until I decided to stand for to raise my kids. Right about the time I got through raising my kids, I turned around and was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I was pretty upset about it, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I was also in a total fog about it. I couldn't believe it was happening. And it wasn't like a whiny thing. I didn't feel like I was a victim of anything. I just was puzzled. It was like, why did this happen? I was a health and PE teacher. I always had an organic garden. I didn't use all these chemicals. I'd always done most of my food prep at home. I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. Like, what the hell? There was no cancer in my family, except for a couple of relatives who were heavy smokers. Mm -hmm. who had lung cancer. I was just puzzled by the whole thing. And so I got this diagnosis. Like everybody else, you're in this total fog where you literally can't think for yourself. I couldn't even process what was happening. And so I pretty much did whatever I was told at the beginning. Even though I had a lot of questions and a lot of doubts, I didn't have any power to say no to too much of what they were saying at the beginning. But the blessing was, after I got this diagnosis, that I had six weeks between the time of the diagnosis and the time of the surgery, which I wanted the surgery. I had a large tumor. It was close to the surface. I knew it was going to be a simple surgery, and I just wanted the darn thing out. But that's all I wanted. Right. But they wouldn't let me drop it at that. But in that six weeks before the surgery, um, I decided I was not going to let this thing grow because I was just two millimeters under being a stage two. And they were already pushing me to have chemo. And I was adamant there was no way I was doing chemo. So mm. I knew that sugar instigated tumors. So I basically went on a very strict diet of salads and oatmeal. I actually <laughs> love instinct. that. So. It was not like anything that I had planned or thought out. It was just like, I'm going to eat real simple. And when they took the tumor out, it had shrunk in those six weeks, two millimeters. And I thought, wow, if I did that in six weeks, what could I have done in six months? Right. And that little thought made me appreciate the power of nutrition. And I just started going down rabbit holes. And every day I'm going to these doctors and getting all this you know, push to, to have all these other things done. Like and, radiation?
0: You
1: know, yeah, radiation. And they wanted me on this drug that was scaring the daylights out of me. I think the drug was the thing that was got me agitated because I started not only reading about women's side effects of the drug, I started talking to women on it. And their lives were just never the same. You know, and I kept hearing from all these people, oh, your life is never going to be the same, but we're just going to help keep you alive. I'm like, I'm not going to accept that. I'm a very active person. I don't want to have that kind of life where I'm debilitated by this damn drug. The women were telling me that their brains were really addled and,
0: and their joints were bad and they had heart palpitations. This is like serious stuff, you know. Right. And it's amazing, too, that you did that research, because so often when a doctor says, take this drug, it helps with cancer, people just do it. They don't talk to people oh, that have been on Oh, they tell you,
1: don't go to Dr. Google. Don't worry, we've got you covered. <laughs> and when I would talk to them about the side effects, they would say, well, we have things that can take care of that. I knew that these could cause ovarian cancer, and they're like, well, just take your ovaries out, no problem.
0: That's oh their God. solution, right. you know? Right.
1: And so I did have a couple of the radiation oncologists and the regular oncologists. I really liked these women. I got to really dislike my primary doctor because she was the pushiest one. But these two women were pretty good listeners. And of course, I was an emotional wreck every time I talked to them. Basically, they said, you have to do something because cancer comes back and we have no cure and all this, all the stuff that they tell everybody, which is totally bogus. But of course, I didn't realize to that extent at that point. So they talked me into this radiation. And And the radiation oncologist said, okay, I understand you're having trouble with this drug. We'll address the drug after you finish these radiation treatments. So I go through months of radiation treatments because it was over the Thanksgiving holidays, the Christmas holidays. Then there were snow days in there because it was January. And so I started it in like November and didn't finish till Martin Luther King's birthday in January. I walked out of there and I was free at last. last, So it was was quite a trip. And through that whole thing, I kept researching. I have to say the only good thing about radiation was that it made me so angry that I didn't have the guts to say no to it, Mm -hmm. that I instinctively did a lot of healthy things, even though they told me not to do things like take some supplements and I went over to the river in my town after every treatment, and I walked in the dead of winter for two or three miles. I was like, okay, it's cold out. Maybe I can get this heat out of my body. As I'm going through these treatments, I had no side effects that were visible of the radiation, except it looked like I had a little bit of a tan.
0: You That's know? amazing. Because I know. that's like poison. I think you were forest bathing and didn't realize it.
1: I, that's de- definitely part of it. And I would, we have forest reserves. On the nicer days, I would go out in the forest reserves. So you're exactly right.
0: Mm-hmm. And they kept saying to me, oh, you're doing so
1: great. Aren't you having this side effect or that side effect? Like the extreme fatigue and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, I don't have any of that. I said, the only thing that bothers me is what's the internal damage? It did do long-term damage to my breathing. I still have some breathing issues. I work on it constantly. I'm always trying new things to Mm -hmm. see if I can improve that. One of the things that was my little mantra was when I went to the hospital, I would park at the top of the parking garage, which was four stories, and I would run up and down this before I would go in and
0: I would say, fuck you, cancer. You know?
1: <laughs> and then I would go in.
0: Only and, a PE teacher would do something I know, like that. I
1: know. <laughs> okay, that was my psych out. I would go in and then I would go over to the river and walk three miles. When I was doing that, I had no trouble going up and down four flights of stairs. In fact, sometimes I would do it twice. Mm-hmm. Now when I go up two flights of stairs, I'm out of breath. And I know it's from the damage that happened from that radiation. Mm -hmm. So that was the bad side effect. Like I said, it made me so angry. I started connecting with other women in an online group where we were sharing information and learning from each other. And I started reading books. The Chicago area where I live had all kinds of great conventions that were health-related that I was going to. And I just kept learning. And every time I learned, I was more and more empowered to go, man, this is the way to go. There's a holistic approach to all this stuff that Mm -hmm. people don't know about. We don't know who to trust on either side. Even in the whole world, there's a lot of shysters out there. And it was a minefield.
0: (laughs) Right. That's (laughs) what I was going to ask you. How did you know who to trust in this whole process? Because it's kind of amazing that the doctors don't suggest get out, get some sunshine, you should be taking magnesium or vitamin D or whatever it is that Help oh, it's not you.
1: entirely their fault. Number mm-hmm. one, they don't have enough time because they're only paid to give you 10-minute appointments, as we know. True. And number two, if they say anything that's outside the box, they can tell you, yes, exercise is great. In fact, they kept telling me, you're like a poster child for getting through radiation because studies shows that if people exercise through it, they do much better. I said, make me your poster child then because all these other women that are sitting around going through it with me and I invite them to go out for a walk – they're going out to breakfast yeah and, and they had horrible oh my gosh this one woman her breath looked like charcoal meat it was horrifying uh-huh. the difference between what she was going through and what I was going through right and they didn't use me that way and I was like I could share things but they're afraid of some of the things maybe I would say you know right and, and so you know, of course they're not going to bring me on when I finally went after my last radiation treatment and then went to see the oncologist for the last time. And she says, okay, you did great. She goes, let's talk about this drug. The drug was called a It was going to be an alternative tamoxifen, to tamoxifen, which was the standard, which by the way, the patent had just run out on it. So they needed something replaced replace that They could make more money on, number one. Number two, it was a known carcinogen. If you go to the CDC website, it'll even say because we're showing that women who went on to Moxman were getting cervical cancers and ovarian cancers or whatever. So I said... Yeah, so, that kind of so defeats with, the purpose. <laughs> exactly. So they came out with this new one, which even had worse side effects. They wanted me in this research study and all this nonsense.
0: Yeah, stay and away said, from those.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they were telling me that if I get on this drug, my risk of recurrence would be lowered by 80%. I learned since that there's something called absolute risk and, and relative risk. And they're only telling you relative risk because they don't really know. And it's only based on one study they did. Their research is so bogus. Of course, I had to learn this all on my own because they're not going to direct you to the research. It's right there on the, web, on the NIH and CDC websites if you just start looking for it. Hmm. So anyway, I said to her, so you're telling me this drug that is going to reduce my risk by 80 percent Well, I want to tell you what I've been reading. And I started just ticking off. This is how I'm eating different. This supplements that I'm taking, I'm walking all the time. I'm taking iodine. When I add up all the things that I'm doing, I'm probably at 700% reducing my risk. I'm thinking that's a better idea than taking a drug that's going to cost $300 a month and that has all these side effects. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me and she smiled and she said, you know what? You're right. That is what's right for you. See the thing that bothered me like I said she was a very good person she can't tell me that she can't even direct me to it because it's not a standard of care doctors are forced into only a standard of care because if they don't they will get their butt sued if somebody dies Right So not only do we have to advocate for ourselves we have to advocate for doctors who truly want to be healers
0: Right I that, agree You know so But it's also empowering for any patient To research all the options, even Uh, something you think isn't going to work, because I think so often people want to believe one way of thinking, like they have their mindset, I'm doing this, and I've been guilty Mm -hmm. of it too, and they don't research the other side, like what if I tried something else, or what if, talking to holistic doctors, and then you decide what fits your body makeup. There's so much truth to that. There is
1: no one-size-fits-all, which is why there will never be a cure for cancer, But every cancer is curable, but not every person is. And that's a direct quote from Dr. Caldwell, who was a doctor I heard speak years ago. Mm. And that was so empowering because that's putting the power back in you. What you're saying, your cancer is curable because you believe you're going to find a way. And that's the place I was at. I mean, I know people with stage four cancer who are in a constant battle, but they are alive and they are thriving because they are constantly tweaking and trying new things and always focused on what can I do to be better instead oh my god how do I deal with this cancer you know that's the mindset you have to take to survive and you I also think come- it's
0: important because when you feel sick it's easy to say I'm sick I'm sick and to exactly. say I'm healing and to reframe even the way you think about it you were born with a positive mindset I can tell that about you because I've talked to you in the past and how did you stay in that positive mindset without reliving the past or getting sucked into victim mode?
1: When I was like 18 years old, when I was going through some really tough things in my life, I read The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale, which has been ripped off by Tony Robbins and Oprah Winfrey. All all these people who've become the gurus after, they basically (laughs) ripped off him. That book just (laughs) made such a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. You know, my mantra became, don't look back except to learn. And That's always been the way I've thought about everything my whole life. Mm -hmm. you know. So I think that just kept me going. And it was empowering. Every time I learned something new, I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. And I did hit a lot of dead ends. I tried a lot of things that didn't work. People tell you, oh, you have to be a vegetarian if you've had cancer. That's not true for some people. I can't thrive on a vegetarian diet because I don't process carbs well. And vegetarians eat a lot of carbs. Mm -hmm. So you have to find the diet that works for you. You, first of all, you have to figure out what caused it, it, what kind of toxic environment happened, change your environment, change your body's environment, and on and on. It's a whole process.
0: What did you think caused it?
1: It's always a combination. I think the environmental triggers were um, breast cancer is really linked to toxic halides, which are bromide and fluoride. We get bromide in baked goods. We get fluoride in our water and then chloride which I was in the pool a lot. I used to be in pools, but I swam as much as I could from Mm -hmm. the time I was young in pools because in the middle of Illinois, we don't have oceans or anything to swim in. So that chloride exposure was one thing. I had a root canal issue, which there was a connection to that, which I learned from going to a big dental symposium.
0: What Um, was the connection to that? Should you not fill root canals with any materials?
1: Root canals, it's a long story, but... There's a direct relink to the meridians connected to the root canal and the breast, first of all. Secondly, I think in my case, when you take the, the nerve out when they do a root canal, you can't feel anything going on. Mm-hmm. And under that tooth, there's constant infection that you don't know that's going on. Most dentists don't even recognize that infection because it could be in the jawline. They don't even know how to see it. Mm-hmm. And so I went to see Dr. Hal speak, who is the godfather of holistic dentistry, and he basically just grabbed me by the shoulder and he said, get that damn tooth out before it kills you. I only had one, and I had it when I was really young. And when I look back, I started having some health issues after I had that, started putting two and two together. I had chronic earaches for 20 or 30 years. And I got that tooth pulled. It was all black underneath. The, the surgeon who took it out showed me. She goes, e, this was really bad, the infection. This is a tooth I had no pain in. So Where in your was body, it? It was in one of my molars. Mm-hmm. What What's interesting is when your body is in constant immunity mode, you have this constant infection going on. It leaves your body open to other things going on because the immune system is only so strong. So illness is a combination of too much toxic going on in your body that's stressing the immune system and not enough nutrients in your body that's feeding the immune system. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. So the solution is get rid of the toxicity and nutrient the body. Why aren't we taught that simple solution to illness? Now there's a lot of ways to do both and you can do a combination of all kinds of things Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: just find what works for you and do something every single day In those two modes, detox and nutriate, detox and nutriate. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, you talked about fluoride and bromide and in the pools. Um, Yeah. Yeah. What was the thing in the pools?
1: So in the chloride. How did you get rid
0: of all that?
1: So the toxic halides, the breast, the thyroid, and the prostate glands especially, have a lot of receptor sites for iodine. They need iodine to function you'll find a real correlation with women with breast cancer and women with thyroid disease. They go hand in hand because they're both reactive of the same issue, iodine deficiency. So when you have toxic halides that are in the same family, those receptor sites in the cells become filled up with those instead of iodine when you're iodine deficient. So now the thyroid doesn't have the iodine it needs to convert to thyroid hormone. The breasts don't have the iodine they need to function your breast becomes lumpy and painful, and that's called fibrocystic breast disease. That's why they say it's a precursor to breast cancer. But what's their solution? Get more mammograms because we want to look for it. What they don't tell women is take iodine because iodine will get rid of the toxic halides.
0: Right. You
1: know, and iodine. Is,
0: just so our audience knows, iodine is in foods such as seaweed. So we don't eat seaweed a lot. What other foods has iodine?
1: Well, it depends on the soil. You only get iodine when you have it in your soil. Mm-hmm. So if you are close to the sea, you might be eating foods that are more iodine rich. That's why you get it from sea, from shellfish and stuff too. Oh, okay. But the problem with the sea, like going and buying you know, seaweed and putting it on your food, is it comes from the ocean, and the ocean is very tainted. So you don't even know that you're getting seaweed that's doing any good. It's hard to get it with food. The best way is to supplement with iodine, which obviously it's one of the elements on the periodic table. But it's hard to get now because of COVID. (laughs) Before COVID, I could go down to my compounding pharmacist and I could pick up Lugol's iodine, which was the mainstay of medicine for 150 years until know, pharma displaced it with all these other things, literally billions of dollars worth of medications that used to it's iodine's antiviral and antifungal and antibacterial and causes cell apoptosis, which means it causes cancer cells to die like they should be instead of multiplying. Well, after COVID, there was a couple of doctors that started talking about, well, maybe we should tell everybody just to inhale iodine and we'll knock this respiratory thing out right away because that's what I do when I'm treating my patients who have respiratory infections. I have them inhale iodine through a nebulizer. And, oh, my gosh, that was it. Next thing you know, I went to the compounding pharmacist and, oh, we can't sell it anymore over the counter. It has to be with a prescription.
0: You're kidding. No, no. That's crazy. They really are going after these natural supplements.
1: Because they call it a medicine. Well, they want
0: to make money off of it. I think we need to have an uprising.
1: (laughs) It was a universal medicine. It's a great thing, but it's also an earth element that cannot be patented. That's why they don't want it to be a universal medicine anymore. So bringing back iodine is one of my missions. It's a huge undertaking. You're taking on pharma. So Mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm ever going to see that dream come true. The way we do it, though, is with consumer advocacy and people demanding it. And eventually we will get things through that channel because we're not going to be able to get it through political channels. Mm -hmm. It's got to come from people. So iodine education is one of the things I work on right now. It's one of my missions.
0: Well, we all know water is really important in purifying your water. Can you talk about that aspect of your research? Well,
1: yeah. Here we have the toxic halide of fluoride in our drinking water, which there's no absolute benefit to it at all. If There's, I think, a website called FluorAlert where you'll find a lot of good information about that. And it's toxic. So
0: we're, I was at we're- my dentist today, and I asked her about fluoride. Because dentists love fluoride and they're always talking about that. And she said, well, fluoride's good for your teeth, but you don't ingest it. And I said, well, (laughs) I think everybody is.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're drinking it. And if they put it on your teeth, anything in your mouth, your saliva is going to go down your throat. Right. Where's the common sense to that? That's why I only go to holistic dentists, doctors who are trained in mercury-free dentists. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where I started going, like I said, to the Dental Association meeting in the Chicago area, and man, I was just like blown away by what I was learning. So there's dentists out there that are doing the right thing, but yeah, they're trained to put fluoride on your children's teeth, and boom, now we've got children with all kinds of issues. If, if fluoride, if mothers have iodine when they're pregnant, mm-hmm. they have smarter babies because it's essential for brain health. Instead, they're having, they're taking fluoride if they're drinking their regular water. And what does fluoride do? Just the opposite. It dulls the senses. Wow. So yeah. it's, it's such an important issue.
0: And, uh, you, we also talked about infrared saunas and how you relied on that with your healing process. Tell us a little bit about that. How does that work?
1: Well, you have to get the toxins out of your body.
0: Mm-hmm. The great
1: thing about iodine is it releases the toxins. And if you don't have good clearance pathways, they just recirculate in the body. And this is one of the reasons why people are afraid of iodine is because it can cause a detox reaction. I mean, in extremes cases, people can have breakouts because the stuff, the bromides are literally trying to ooze out through the skin. Hmm. So it's really important if you do start taking iodine that you can find somebody that can help you through the protocol. That's the best way. If you're a self-starter like I was, you can figure it out on your own. But it's not something you just start taking iodine. You right. have to take companion nutrients with it. You have to understand what's called salt loading to help draw up the toxins. And then you have to have clear pathways through the lymphatic system. Mm-hmm. The best way to do that is to get in a sauna. And and I've been using my sauna pretty much every day since I learned about it like 15 years ago. If you sweat every day, you're going to get rid of a lot of stuff. Right. I don't even have to use deodorant anymore because I don't have that constant bacterial smell
0: from yeah. I got one in my family, the higher dose infrared sauna, and it's really relaxing. It's actually yeah. a stress reliever. So, yes. I think it's
1: stress is such a huge issue in getting disease because it t- totally suppresses the immune system. Oh, definitely. So, it's really important to de stress and detox and all that. I just swear by a sauna.
0: Right. Well, what about? Exercise. How can you stimulate the lymphatic system with this whole process? Well, the easiest and
1: simplest is walking because you're moving. Mm -hmm. Yoga. The lymphatic system does not have like a pump to it the way that the the heart does, the Mm -hmm. circulatory system. Mm -hmm. So everything just sits there if you're not moving. So all the toxins that are in your body that are supposed to be pumped through the lymphatic system, which is clearing it out, And then through your other detox pathways through sweating or pooping and peeing and all that, Mm -hmm. you get it out of your body. If your lymphatic is not moving, if you're a sedentary person, you're going to be toxic. So you have to do moving. My favorite thing is rebounding, you know, little mini trampoline. It's in 20 minutes of rebounding. You can do what an hour of jogging takes you with no stress on your joints. It's fun, it's easy. You can do things on the rebounder. You can do planks on it. You can do some little ballet lunges and things on it and just jumping. If you have knee issues and you can't even jump, you can just stand there and shake up and down because Mm -hmm. you're moving every cell in the body. And so all the lymphatic, there's like valves that open and close when you move and that's pushing the lymph through the body. So if you do that, so you have all the lymph moving, then you get in the sauna, bingo, you've really got a good system going.
0: Oh, that's great. When I was young, I didn't know anyone with a peanut allergy. Nobody was allergic to gluten. Mm -hmm. Nobody had ACL tears on my sidelines in high school or as children. And I never knew anyone who was autistic. What Mm -hmm. has changed? Because I knew a lot of people. So it wasn't like, oh, you must not have gotten out. Something drastic has changed. What do you think it is? The act of
1: 1985, or was it 1986? 1986.
0: 1986.
1: When I was growing up, my generation, the baby boomers,
0: mm-hmm. we were
1: vaccinated when we started school. We started grade school and we started high school twice in our life. That's enough time for the amount of toxins in the vaccine to assimilate in the body. Mm-hmm. I can tell you when I was growing up, I remember maybe a couple kids that were behavior issues. I don't remember anybody having allergies. I mean, our whole gymnasium smelled like peanut butter at lunch hour because everybody lived on peanut butter and jelly back then. There was no kids with asthma that I remember. None of that. No chronic earache. And even when I was teaching in the late 70s and early 80s, I didn't see a whole lot of problem. We knew some children who were behavior disabilities, but most of the time we could assimilate them easily because there'd be one or two in each class. And as a group of teachers, we'd get together and we'd strategize how to deal with those kids. For their benefit. You know, it was never us against them. I had a great school. Um, but it wasn't overwhelming. You go into school today and you talk to teachers and half the kids are off the wall. Mm-hmm. They can't sit still. They can't pay attention. I They're started to see it. With ADD my, meds. Yep. And I started to see it. My boys were born in the early 80s. And I saw a reaction with my youngest at his 12 month MMR. Didn't think anything about it till I go through my whole journey and started Going to Autism One conferences here in our area, and was again like, oh my gosh! Now this makes so much sense. Why did my happy little baby all of a sudden have all these anxiety issues? Mm-hmm. So fortunately, he didn't have as much of a learning issue. But yeah, both my boys were ADD. My one son had ear infections all the time and scalp issues and psoriasis. I'm mean, like, what is this coming from? It's not like inherited, as they always tell you. Right. So the Act of 1986 was put forth by a bunch of lobbyists that literally took away liability from the drug companies for vaccines because everybody thought, oh, wow, vaccines are great. Look at how we got rid of polio. Now we know that polio was probably just renamed because we have meningitis and all these other nerve, nervous reactions that came from the same virus. And so when they did that, they put all the money into a fund for people who did have reactions. And basically, then it was just a big cover up. The more successful they got at selling vaccines, the more vaccines they came out with. So now we have ridiculous vaccines like for chicken pox and for shingles, which is only people get because their immune system is bad. That's why you get shingles when you get older. Right, and instead of and the flu shot, that, it's the it's, flu shots. Yeah, absolutely insane for the. You
0: are not afraid to get. You should just get. Yeah. I mean, getting the flu just builds immunity with your system. Exactly, and it's and it's kind of a bad. natural
1: way for the body to cleanse too. When you think about what happens when you have the flu, you get diarrhea, you get stomach regurgitation, you sweat. All those things are getting toxins out of your body, mm-hmm. and and at the same time, then
0: your immune system is rebuilding. Somehow we stop trusting our immune system. Yes. yes. And that's what kind of blows my mind. But even when I said to doctors, oh, no, we're not getting the flu shot or we're not getting the chickenpox shot or whatever, they would try to talk my kids into doing it. (laughs) But
1: Well, because we've also been sold this idea that there's a pill for everything Mm -hmm. and that our doctors have a solution. Instead of taking personal responsibility
0: for it, as our Mm. ancestors were taught. I have a lot of patients who get misdiagnosed with bipolar, and bipolar Mm -hmm. symptoms overlap so many other health issues. And I mean, even Lyme disease will have bipolar symptoms. And yet, nobody researches all the other issues or conditions it could be, because the Pill gives them a quick fix. It takes yep. the edge off so you can say, Oh, I'm going to research it now. But often those drugs are worse. The more than- names
1: they can come up with for diseases, the more drugs they can sell.
0: Mm. When
1: every disease pretty much has different symptoms, a little bit, but they're all rooted in the same problem. Just like all the autoimmune illnesses like MS and muscular dystrophy, right. even cancer is an autoimmune reaction. Right. The it's- solutions are the same doesn't matter, but they have different drugs for each one, whereas Mm -hmm. the solution for each one is the same. Figure out what caused it, get rid of the causes, and then
0: nutriate the body. So before you were diagnosed with cancer, did you feel badly? Did you notice it? Well, I can tell I was
1: going through a real emotional time. Mm -hmm. It started in 2000 when I was getting kids out of high school, which was kind of a traumatic time for me because dealing with boys in high school wasn't easy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and then 2001 rolls around and I tell you that attack on September 11th really hit me hard
0: mm-hmm.
1: even though I didn't know anybody personally that died in that on that day what it did to the country to me was so depressing I mm-hmm. saw the end of freedom as someone who's always been a you know love the fact that America was a free country I saw how Everything was going to change. I mean, Mm -hmm. look at how our airports now are. I saw the Patriot Act as, oh, my God, this will be a weapon against the people. And sure enough, that's what it's become. And I think there was just this sadness. I wouldn't say I was depressed because I've never been a person that gets depressed. But I just had this sadness. And sadness will depress your immune system. Right. A lot of women go through when they become empty nesters, you're trying to figure out who you are again. Mm -hmm. I knew I didn't want to go back into teaching full time because I'd seen the way the teaching profession was going. I had a part-time job that I loved, but was also very stressful. And
0: it was just a lot of stuff. And then, boom. Right. Well, after you did all that research and you really did a deep dive where you went and listened to speakers and panels and... Books and books and books, yeah. Right, and that's what it takes because education is power. Knowledge is power. And so I really admire how you just took the bull by the horns and figured it out. When did you feel better?
1: I felt that on Martin Luther King's birthday when I finished that last treatment,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: there's a labyrinth in my town. And I stood at the labyrinth and I said, thank you, God, for getting me through this. Please help me find another way to help other people so they don't have to go through this bullshit. That's basically what I said. Because (laughs) I was so angry at the time, but I was angry in a motivated way. You know Mm -hmm. what
0: I mean? Yeah. You're like, I'm going to kick ass and tell the world. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I felt so blessed that, number one, I had the time to research because I didn't have a full-time job. I saw what was happening to women who were trying to deal with cancer, work Mm full-time, who still had kids at home. Thank God I didn't have that. And I had the money to do whatever I needed to do. Because nothing I did was paid for by insurance. Nothing. Right. And I thought I want to find a way to help people condense the amount of resources that are out there. And to build a health community. And and also figure out how to make it more affordable. Mm-hmm. Because in the long run, it's a lot cheaper to do the things I'm doing. But it's not covered by insurance. I right. mean, some of the women that I knew that started out with this with me who even had less cancer than I have, that have since died. And I would talk to them, and they're going, well, Linda, I really can't afford that fauna. I really can't afford those vitamins. I really can't afford to do that iodine thing that you're doing. And what was the cost? Well, they paid with their lives.
0: Right, <laughs> right. So how would you recommend people start living their life now just so they can optimize their health and not have to go down that path what
1: are the well, top four? The top four, number one, get a water distiller and only drink distilled water because you're not going to find water anywhere. And when I go to a restaurant, I bring my distilled water with me. When I go on vacation, half my suitcase is, is filled with water so that when I get there until I can find a source of distilled water, I'm set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> number two is get rid of all the toxins in your life, what's in your home, what's in your life, the people around you that are toxic. If someone is making you miserable, walk away from them or learn to tune them out. (laughs) Right, right. You know, focus on nutrition as much as you can, because that's the whole key to health is through the gut. If you have poor digestion, you're not absorbing nutrients. So you're going to have to work on your digestive system and just, you know, live each day in the moment because we are so lucky to have life and, and appreciate it. So Mm -hmm. don't waste it. And don't waste it being sick. And talk to your doctor about iodine so you can balance your hormones? Or, Well, good luck finding a doctor that knows iodine. They're <laughs> few and far between. So true. Not only are they not taught about it, they're taught that it's dangerous. And they don't know about it. One of the initiatives I really want to do is hopefully have a seminar one time. I know a couple people who, could, who are practitioners who could really teach about iodine. And I would love to put together a seminar to bring... Healthcare professionals together to learn how to use iodine again.
0: Is there a but, website where people could listen to it about iodine? That you I've
1: actually, I actually did a video that I'd be glad to send to anybody. There's lots of resources on iodine. Some of them are right. nefarious. Some of them are. I think the best starting point is a book called Iodine, Why You Need It and Why You Can't Live Without It by Dr. David Brownstein.
0: A great idea yeah, for everyone. Yeah. Yes.
1: That's the starting point. Dr. Brownstein did a really good job with that book. And then you just go from there. That's where I started on the rabbit hole.
0: Right. And we and- both don't claim to be doctors, but we do claim to be health advocates that will do whatever it takes to get to the bottom of anyone's health issue to live a healthy life when we're being bombarded by toxins in our foods and we have a FDA that's approving chemicals in our foods that doesn't get approved in other countries. So we really have to think about what's going in our body and how we're living our lives. So thank you so much for joining us today. I just call myself a health strategist. I don't try to be a doctor.
1: I don't try to tell people what to do. I just share resources
0: right, and information. Great. Well, please tell our audience how they can get in touch with you. I know you're working on a website project so they can really start researching their own health and get answers?
1: Well, I have a nonprofit, it's, it, and it is a registered 5013C. It's called Think Holistic, T-H-I-N-K, and then holistic is dot org. as in think of a whole list of things you can do to be healthier and happier. I want to put together a lot of resources where people can go to start their holistic health journey. And then I'm also going to be a wellness network. So if anybody wants to start a branch in their area of the country, I'm looking for people who'd like to do that because eventually I'd like to get those people together in their community and do health education events. Our whole focus is going to be on education. And it's nice if the people in the community are actually doing the
0: presentations. Right. And what you're doing is so amazing because you're changing the world. Whether you realize it or not, we're really up against big pharmas that have a lot Mm -hmm. of money, and they're able to pay doctors to do their bidding. And there are plenty of doctors that don't want to do their bidding, and they will give you honest opinions. But some are easily influenced by big pharma. I think it's important for us all to check out your website and you can also join as a member, right? Really? Yeah. You can mm. also
1: send me an email at thinkholistic at gmail dot com. Years ago, one of the events I went to, I didn't know anything about GMOs, like most Americans didn't in the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. And I went to hear Jeff Smith, who was the godfather of the GMO movement in the United States, mm-hmm. and he said, "You know what? We cannot go to our professionals and expect things to change we can't we're not going to get much done through congress or going through doctors or whatever he said but we can make a huge difference as a people's movement Mm -hmm. he said if everybody started demanding non-gmo foods the marketplace would open up for it so that's why this could be this holistic health movement needs to come from the people we as consumers vote with our wallets we start demanding we want iodine back on the shelves Mm-hmm. We want to have healthier foods. We want to have access to practitioners who are allowing us to think for ourselves and listening to us. So Don't keep going to a doctor who's not listening to you just mm-hmm. because that doctor's in your insurance plan. What are you getting from that doctor? Find one who is. Right. So be your own advocate and, and don't put up with what I did being sucked into the system and then doing things that you regret because you were too afraid or too uneducated. Fear is the worst thing we can have. That's why, as you
0: said, knowledge is power, because you're not afraid when you understand. Right. No, 100%. Well, thank you so much. We have learned a ton, and I'm really appreciative of what you're doing for the world. Thank you, Linda. And thank you. Try to find a comfortable place where you can either be laying down or seated in a comfortable chair. And just close your eyes. And try to release all the tensions of the day. Release all the toxic thoughts. Even repetition of thoughts can be toxic. We start to convince ourselves that something's gone wrong when it hasn't actually. So just picture yourself removing a large heavy bag that you've been carrying around all day and take it off your back and put it in front of you. Unzip the heavy bag and notice what pops out. Let the chaotic energy jump out, surround you. Let your breathing shift and let all the emotions come up and flow with confidence that they'll pass quickly. Don't try to judge them. Just stay with your breath. And let the breath calm your mind. You are perfect as you are. You are good health. Take a deep breath in. And a long breath out. Imagine inhaling all that positive energy, kindness, laughter, let it fill your being. And then exhale, letting go of toxic energy, worry, sadness, anger, let it leave the body. Open to receiving positive energy and consciously relax the muscles in the face, the eyes soften, Relax your jaw, unclench your teeth. Let the mind become peaceful and quiet. Sometimes thoughts will pop up, so instead of judging them and trying to control them, let them pass quickly. Open yourself up to receiving, receiving good news, opportunities, positive energy. Take a deep breath in and slowly exhale. If the mind wanders, just refocus your breath on my words. Allow the entire body to relax, the neck, the shoulders. Arms feel loose and heavy. How do you feel? Take a deep breath in, exhale, and allow your hips to relax and feel loose and heavy. Your legs feel loose and heavy. By clearing your mind, you raise your vibration. Your experiences are matched by the vibration you give out. So when something great happens to you, more good things will happen. You're becoming a beacon of light to attract the positive. Take a deep breath in and a long exhale. Notice how calm you feel, how happy and relaxed you are now. You have no worries. You're in the present mind. Life is good. You are well loved. Be sure to subscribe to Mary Kay's Positivity Podcast, and I hope you'll join us again soon. Namaste.